0: Firebase uh, has a million concurrent client connection limit. As we started talking to some larger artists and promoters, we realized that some of these may have the potential to have over a million fans like coming in concurrently to watch the stream. And we knew that as we were going to scale, like no matter if it was at a single artist level or across the platform, we wanted to be able to support millions and millions of, of simultaneous connections. So what we found was there aren't a ton of like guides or a ton of resources out there for how to scale your Firebase project or how to port it to like AWS. I'm Steve Caldwell, co-founder and CTO at Mandolin.
1: This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments what it takes to change an industry build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lappart, and today how Steve Caldwell created a new way for musicians to perform and fans to connect online. All this and more on Code Story. Steve Caldwell lives in Louisville, Kentucky, but grew up in South Louisiana in the Cajun country. In the 90s, he loved seeing things he typed on the screen come to life as he built websites and front page 95. He's got three kids in elementary school, and he's relatively new to Kentucky but hopes to get out and do the bourbon trail when the timing is right. He also enjoys playing music, composing, and DJing. As he puts it, he enjoys combining his passion for music with his passion for technology. In startup land, you have to be able to ad-lib and be flexible to change, understand your customers, and skate where the puck is, so to speak. It's the same with music, feeling the crowd, responding to your band, etc., which is a really interesting parallel, as he puts it. As the COVID pandemic decimated live music events, Steve was caught in a related riff. He found himself networking for his next gig, and while doing so, started to chat with his now co-founders about a new opportunity where musicians could interact with fans in new ways. This is the creation story of Mandolin.
0: Mandolin's helping artists and venues create connections with fans and ultimately prosper through the music that they produce. We started out with live streams, um, but we're pushing the boundaries there. We wanna give artists the right tools to create content, to share that content widely, and then to better understand how fans engage. It ultimately boils down to a digital strategy. You know, frankly, artists have been forced into needing to think about their digital strategy, especially as it relates to new media and live performances in this last year. We wanna give fans unprecedented access to those artists. Uh, Last spring, obviously, as the COVID pandemic set in, the live music industry was pretty much decimated, exposed a lot of pain points, Uh, I was actually in another job last April and, you know, was part of a riff due to COVID and started talking to folks in my network and had a conversation with one of my co-founders through a venture studio who's an entertainment attorney. You know, he'd been in the business for 25 years, uh, represents tons of Grammy award-winning artists, and saw an opportunity to create a new kind of platform that could engage with artists and fans in new ways and put the business back in the music business as we said in the early days so we started doing some market research talking to artists talking to management companies and just started getting some validation that you know what we wanted to do in the industry deserved to exist and started building a prototype
1: so tell me about the mvp tell me about that first product you built how long it took you to build and what sort of tools you used to bring it to life
0: um, as I mentioned, we were uh, partnering with a venture studio to get this off the ground. So High Alpha, based in Indianapolis, has started about 20 companies over the last five years. And we went through their Sprint Week process, which uh, is like four days, you know, working around the clock, doing market research, building a prototype, trying to get something out the door. And, and in the span of a couple of weeks, we actually put together an MVP and hosted our first concert there at the end of Sprint Week. Obviously in the early days, you're just trying to get product market fit. So you're not super focused on scalability or developing some crazy IP. Just wanna get something out there that people can get their hands on and test. So we chose some off-the-shelf platforms basically wanted to pull together a stream with a chat function for the fans and you know, build a, a digital merch table uh, that fans can go out and go to different e-commerce sites and basically a, a light ticketing function to actually sell access to the pay-per-view stream. So we put that together in about two weeks and the first concert had about 250 or so people in attendance.
1: Okay, so with any MVP, you have to make certain decisions and trade-offs, right? The cut features or you have to take on technical debt. What decisions and trade-offs did you have to make in the short term for this first version of the product and how did you cope with those decisions?
0: As I mentioned, we started on just a Create React app on Firebase, wanted to get something up and running very quickly. Nine months later, um, we, we look at what we've got today, and it, it, it looks very different than what we started with. I've built a few startups in the past, built a few technology platforms, and you know had the opportunity to scale those platforms. And I think one of the biggest things that we considered early on was, like, how is what we're doing today going to need to transition to a different platform for scale? You know, Obviously, you don't know what you don't know in those early days, and a lot of what we built ended up kind of just being throwaway. But because we were able to to raise some money and and hire additional engineers to come in and and think about different architecture as we're learning more about the market and the needs of our customers, we were able to like in iterative steps, take the front end and start migrating it towards um, to a more scalable pattern. What were
1: those patterns of scalability you were after? Was it hosting based or was it how you built it in the architecture? Tell me a little bit more about that.
0: A specific example is Firebase uh, has a million concurrent client connection limit. As we started talking to some larger artists and promoters, we realized that like, some of these may have the potential to have over a million fans like coming in concurrently to watch the stream. And we knew that as we were going to scale, like no matter if it was at a single artist level or across the platform, we wanted to be able to support millions and millions of, of simultaneous connections. So. The typical Firebase pattern is you're connecting the client code directly to the real-time Firestore and configuring security with security rules. But you don't really have to worry about much middleware or much server code, which is really nice and, and great for getting something up and running quickly. And what we found was there aren't a ton of like guides or a ton of resources out there for how to scale your Firebase project or how to port it to like AWS. So we started building some microservices on uh, ECS Fargate in AWS and basically developed an SDK that the front end would begin connecting to and then just started taking that page by page or even component by component. So, you know, we started with the service around tickets and anything that's related to tickets instead of connecting directly to Firestore, we're now gonna start connecting those to our SDK. And then just kind of taking it sprint by sprint, slowly chipping away at those components and how they get their data and how they interact with the backend.
1: My next question is around product progression and how you have matured the product. And I think it'll probably be a combination of you know what you're saying with scalability and then perhaps what sort of feedback you're getting from artists, from fans, et cetera. So how have you progressed the product and matured it? And I think also would be interesting is how do you build your roadmap? How do you figure out what's the next most important thing to build?
0: So as I mentioned before, the Live streaming was just kind of the opening act, uh, and we do use a lot of music puns around here, just part of the fun. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we, we purpose-built Mandolin out of the gate for a high-quality concert experience, and we purpose-built it for the music industry. And that's based on the needs of fans and artists today. As we built the team, you know, we brought in a nice combination of music experience and tech experience to start addressing that broader digital engagement strategy beyond live stream. So that's through data, through content, and through marketing. And we raised a $5 million seed round back in September, so that's helped fuel growth and help us push boundaries as we launch new features. So really digging deeper into real-time analytics that we're getting out of shows, considering how we might influence new music releases, new types of fan interactions with some of these different features. And so how the roadmap comes to life, You know, it's a mix of what we see in the market, what we're hearing from our customers, whether that's you know an iconic venue like the Ryman Auditorium or a large promoter. You know, they've all got similar needs, but they also have unique needs. So using their ideas and their requests as a big part of how we build the roadmap. And then we also have established our own point of view on what we think is important and what we think maybe the industry doesn't know they need yet. You know, Steve Jobs used to say, did Alexander Graham Bell do any market research before he invented the telephone? No. And so there is value in talking to the market and understanding the market and bringing in really smart people who have been in the industry for a while. It's also value in coupling that with the prowess of the folks who have worked in tech and in SaaS and in digital marketing who have seen this work in other industries and have a point of view on how to apply it to the music business.
1: You know, you're kind of combining maybe some feedback, maybe some you know some some information you're getting back from those specific stakeholders, but you're also applying a lot of intuition from the people who know the industry, and for the people that have the vision for the product. Is is that right?
0: Exactly. Yep. And I think that because this really is a, a marketplace business, you know, there's a ton of B two B elements here, and the data and analytics and and insights that we can provide to the industry, but. There you was know, there's also a, a huge focus on creating a, a new and novel fan experience. So bringing in people who have worked in strong B2C companies and just seeing the energy of those dynamics come together um, while getting to work with some really cool artists is, is a really nice combination.
1: So thinking about your model, do you consider it a marketplace and do you face the kind of same marketplace chicken and egg kind of problems or um, do you consider it a different model?
0: Yeah, I think we we definitely would consider it in line with the marketplace approach. So obviously the challenges in, in direct to consumer and in consumer marketing, we seek to establish Mandolin as a brand and as a, a brand that becomes a household name to consumers in this industry. You know, at some point, imagine being able to kick back on your couch, pull up the Mandolin app on your Apple TV and browse hundreds of beautiful concerts any night of the week that obviously requires B2C strategies and, and branding to pull off. But on the other side, there are established artists and established brands that have gigantic followings who wanna do live stream and who are realizing the importance of not only live stream, but also just the ability to, to engage with their fans in new ways. So they're helping build the rising tide and bring fans on board. And so, yeah, you do have that chicken and egg a little bit, but I think eventually the B2B side. The growth there will create enough momentum with consumers that they, they know that Mandolin is a destination to go find really high quality exclusive content and to engage with artists.
1: Well, let's switch to team. So how did you build your team? And I think I think what I'm most interested in is, you know, what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you?
0: So it it's in line with what I talked about earlier in the B2C, B2B dynamic, you know, we built our team out and we've organized our team around product themes. So our fan experience team has a lot of great experience with consumer apps and and building for scale and scalable architecture patterns in the consumer world. Um, And then on the back end, you know, our, our presenter team for artists and for venues and for management teams has a lot of good B2B SaaS experience. So building out analytics paradigms, understanding the challenges of ETL and data mapping and data warehouses and how to build great systems that will scale to billions and billions of of data points. So um, those are kind of the two primary buckets. It's also a combination of domain expertise. So people who have worked at companies like Live Nation or Ticketmaster You know, they understand the event space, understand how to scale different aspects of event infrastructure and how to build data architecture that will support more use cases beyond just basic live streaming. So that that combination of of folks there, I mean, we're also, we're putting the team together on the evolution of of all these different industries. So, you know, diversity, not only in personality type and in background, but diversity in skills and ultimately trying to foster a team that, that values direct and honest communication integrity, we're big on vulnerability, we're big on mental health, and making sure that this is a safe space, that folks feel like they're a part of the process, that they want to take initiative, they're excited about the vision, and I think we've done a good job of fostering a lot of those elements so far.
1: So you mentioned perhaps looking for some industry-type experience, maybe Live Nation or uh, Ticketmaster. Do you you find it's helpful if people have experience with like Reverb or musician's friend or something like that and and are those potential partners uh, in some way too
0: yeah so on the production side we do have a team that uh, will consult with artists and venues to help them understand like equipment selections different packages that would make the most sense for for putting on the streams in some cases we'll actually white glove the entire experience through a network of contractors that we've built in different markets So an example of this would be uh, City Winery, one of our partners. They are leveraging mandolin to stream concerts from all of their locations. And uh, we actually provide staff on site, provide equipment, and um, we'll handle everything from installing that equipment to uh, running the stream and switching the cameras, obviously then through to the platform side of the house to make sure that it's a quality experience. That's kind of the services side of our business. It's obviously, you know, in any SaaS business, you you will have some element of services. Um, I mean, I think that you mentioned Musician's Friend. There are certainly tons of companies out there who could be interesting candidates for us to put together gear packs and things that we could ship out to artists and they plug in and push a button and they're live. So definitely a lot of interest in that area.
1: That's really cool. I also thought about it from a, so I'm a musician myself. If I'm watching a show on mandolin, I'm I'm curious about what's that guitar player using to make that sound and you know i can check it through mandolin and then order it straight from mandolin because it's integrated with reverb or something like that
0: that's a good idea i'll have to drop that one in the product request channel
1: (laughs) (laughs) you touched on scalability already and and i think i think you're tackling this right now so you built the prototype and then you hit some, maybe not hit some scaling issues, but you noticed some scaling issues, or perhaps you hit them, and then you started to fight those as you grew. But it sounds like you've kind of got a good handle on that right now with microservices and architecture. Is that correct, or is there still problems you're, you're trying to figure out?
0: We have a good handle on it now. I mean, we went through about a six week exercise September to November, uh, where we were kind of all hands on deck, focusing on scalability. Um, and that was leading up to the I Voted Festival, actually, that we did uh, on Election Day, which was at the time like the largest digital festival ever held. We had 450 uh, artists across 18 stages, 14 hours worth of content, and you know we were orchestrating all of those streams and you know preparing for upwards of a million simultaneous connections. So you know, a big event like that, a big, a big opportunity like that, you know, is, is always risky to take on when you're at that point, we were four months in, but we were up to the challenge and started building out uh, the new architecture. So, you know, we still got a ways to go. We still got some things that we want to continue to tighten up. Um, an example would be, uh, you know, ECS Fargate with Auto Autoscale is, is great, but you have to kind of continuously fine tune that and set those parameters to ensure that you're able to hit the scale that you want, but moving to moving some of those services to like lambdas at edge can provide not only worldwide low latency on some of the most uh, high traffic endpoints, but also can create cost reductions. So thinking about scale, thinking about global performance, also thinking about how we continue to grow and scale while keeping our margins increasing. So lowering those infrastructure costs.
1: Are you talking about Lambda and then about some other components as well? So is it is the platform primarily serverless or is it kind of half and half? Do you have Kubernetes and containers in there? Um, how, how is that structured?
0: We're probably 25% serverless at this point, looking to improve that number. The nice thing about ECS Fargate is that you know it will manage all the underlying metal for your Docker containers to scale, so you don't have to worry about managing any of the EC2 instances. So, yeah, I mean, we're leveraging Terraform for orchestration and trying to do everything in a don't-repeat-yourself pattern. Kubernetes is not in the mix yet, but we're always looking at new ways to make things uh, scale better.
1: So, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built with Mandolin, what are you most proud of?
0: It's definitely the team especially given the amount of time that we have under our belt with mandolin and we're eight months in we've built quite the squad across product and design and engineering i think just the speed at which we were able to bring all those folks together and the culture that you know we set out to build and that has started to gel is is something that i'm very proud of you know technology-wise I would say that our API and integration strategy and just how we've been able to connect to some of the largest ticketing platforms in the world is also very exciting. And that's something that we, when we started, you know, we didn't want to be a ticketing platform. There there are a million of them out there and most venues and, and artists already have contracts in place with those ticketing platforms. So we started with the mentality that We're going to be the best live stream platform in the world, and you can bring your own ticketing provider, and you can plug that into our existing infrastructure. So, yeah, really proud of how quickly we built sort of an enterprise architecture uh, and integration platform, along with the 90 other features that we've gotten across the line to date.
1: Well, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it
0: chat is, you know, a really important component of the live stream experience for fan to fan engagement but also for artist to fan engagement. Early on, you know, we decided that we would go with a third-party platform for our chat functionality and uh, we're still using them today, uh, Twilio, and they they've got a good chat product. But, you know, as we were building and we had a very small team, we just sort of stood it up and got it out there and, you know, it didn't take a lot of time to think about things like moderation. You know, it was every night, every weekend, it was, all right, we got a couple more shows, a couple more shows, and, and I'm sitting there watching every single show, watching the chat, and just you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, which one of these shows is going to be the night that, you know, we get chat bombed? And it happened, you know, and say a couple months in for like a free event. Uh, it was actually, a, it was a bunch of high school students uh, who were doing a concert and leave it to the 10th and 11th graders to be the ones to show the flaws in your platform. But yeah, just lots of inappropriate language and you know we, we had to kinda quickly get in there and, and we had the ability to delete messages and ban people, but we didn't have just like a kill switch. You know, that kill switch within a day, you can have it built, tested, reviewed, and merged. But, you know, we didn't do it. We focused on other things and it you know, learned a lesson the hard way on a real show. I mean, luckily, you know, damage control around it was good and you know, many of the students were uh, trying to encourage the other students to stop and you know live and learn definitely could have been a lot worse.
1: Well what does the future look like for the product and for your team?
0: Moving from just a pay-per-view live stream company to a company that connects artists and fans directly you know the um, the music industry over the last 50 years. Think about how we've promoted music. We've gone from paper flyers to MP3 players, you know, to, to Facebook for promotion. And we've gone from vinyl to, to tapes to Spotify for how we consume music. But in that time frame, like artists haven't really grown any closer to um, fans. So we think that by creating a platform that artists can use year round to create new exclusive content, to do new album releases, VIP meet and greets with fans, and then leverage the Mandolin platform to understand who their fans are and to expand their audience and expand their reach is something that we're really excited about. So that's that's the direction that we're heading broadly. Um, Livestream is still very much front and center, still a very important part of our strategy, but we're really excited about how we can drive deeper engagement for artists and ultimately grow their fan base.
1: Well, let's switch to you, Steve. Who influences the way that you work? N- name a CEO or CTO or really any person. Name a person that you look up to and why.
0: So, I was thinking about this and you know, there are a lot of names that come to mind, but keeping it kind of in the music industry, you know, I look at I look at like what Logic has done over the last 10 years. I mean, he really started with nothing and built a music career pretty pretty epically and pretty quickly but then, you know, he decided that it really wasn't the lifestyle that he wanted and he stayed true to himself there and, and wants to spend more time with his family but he's got his hand in a little bit of everything and he's shifted gears now in his early 30s You know, signed a deal with Twitch so he's getting into streaming he's just set himself up in a way that he's uh, able to spend time with his family still create and, and do the things that he loves but kind of doing it his way and doing it differently, so got a lot of respect for logic and and just love his story.
1: Well, if you could go back to the beginning, what would you do differently, or or where would you consider taking another approach?
0: Yeah, it's tough because you know we're we're only eight or nine months in, and we're we're kind of all systems go uh, up and to the right at this point. I feel good about overall how we've structured the teams and the architectural decisions that we've made. You know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, we started out, we didn't build a ticketing system. We were just gonna integrate with what's out there. And it turns out actually that about 60% of our ticket sales have come through our own box office. In true startup fashion, instead of building our own ticketing platform, we used Shopify and built an app that would connect between Shopify and Mandolin to create tickets to shows. And I think some of the challenges we've seen with that are just You know, Shopify is a a flexible platform, but it's not really geared for the music industry. Some of the unique reporting needs, for example, for doing settlements, just aren't intuitive or or friendly with Shopify. So if I had the crystal ball when we first started, probably would have spent a little more time building out some elements of a a native e-commerce layer and would have led with that.
1: Well, last question, Steve. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. They can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give this person having gone down this road a bit?
0: Don't lose sight of why you got into this in the first place. Don't lose the passion for actually building the thing, the art, the craft. As you grow and scale and raise money, you're going to hire a lot of people. Your job is probably going to change quite a bit Um, you're probably going to be building less and hiring more so you know buckle up it's a fun ride and just don't lose sight of the parts that you that you really enjoy and stay true to yourself
1: that's great advice well steve thank you for being on code story thank you for telling the creation story of mandolin
0: thanks for having me Noah. have a great one